Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And today we are going to be discussing the misadventures of Merlin Jones. That scrambled egghead. How did the song go? I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember now. We literally just finished watching it. It was ridiculous. That scrambled egghead. Alright. It is time for the Okay, I just open. I always open the calculator instead of the timer. Did you write one? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Did you? No. I always forget about the 30 second Disney Dash until the 30 second Disney Dash. <laughs> Who's on this podcast? On your mark, get set, go. It's the return of Annette Funny Jello and <laughs> um, Tommy Kirk. And Tommy, wait, what is his name? Merlin Jones is, like, super into experiments, and he has this thing on his head, and then he gets zapped, and then suddenly he can read people's minds, and then all of a sudden, like, you think that's going to be the end of the story, but then there's a whole other timeline with, like, this monkey and the lawyer dude, or whatever he is, and, yeah, there's, like... (laughs) I seriously <laughs> thought the movie was over. Well, that'll make sense in a little bit. Will it? Mm-hmm. It will. Did they finish it and they're like, huh, we should add this monkey in. <laughs> no. Let's add 30 more minutes to the movie just so we can have a sequel. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although if Stanley comes back, I'm sure that's what the premise is. But I think he does because the next one's called The Monkey's Uncle. Mm-hmm. Okay, go. Uh, so there's this really smart college student, and he does all these experiments, and he accidentally decides that he gets zapped, and then he can read people's minds, and it's pretty funny, and that leads him in all sorts of trouble, and then, yeah, randomly there's a monkey named Stanley, and then he uses him... Why? I just watched it. I don't remember. Cut Disney Dash. <laughs> 23 seconds. Uh, okay. 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 This was an interesting one. It was. It wasn't a bad movie. No. But it wasn't like, oh man, I want to watch that again movie. It didn't like, it wasn't bad, but it didn't like. Grab me. Yeah, it didn't keep my attention. I sat and watched it the whole time. Well, actually, it... we sat and watched it up to an hour. Yeah. And then I. I was like, I'm falling asleep, I can't. So then we finished the last half hour today. Yeah. And it was, like, we ended it kind of where I was like, this should be the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it'll make sense. So. All right. So some history on Merlin. Merlin. Uh, <laughs> it's from 1964. And again, it stars good old Tommy Kirk. He's back. And Annette Funicello. Um, Tommy Kirk plays a college student who experiments with mind reading and hypnotism, leading to run-ins with a local judge. Funicello plays his girlfriend and sings the film's title song, which 
I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and is accompanied by Disneyland's very own Harmony Quartet, the Yachtsman. Is this an early days um, Dapper Dance? I don't know. A Harmony Quartet? Oh, for sure. Oh, I like that thought. Um, and it's written by the Sherman Bros. Sherman Bros. So the New York Times said that this film was a cheap situation comedy and the kind of picture usually dismissed by shrugging. Well, at least the kids will like it. Unless that is your children happen to be bright. <laughs> That's so harsh. That's so harsh. That's over the top I harsh. know, I agree. Like, this is a great... Like, I wouldn't say that this is, like, a good movie for adults. I mean, it's not a bad movie for adults, but it's definitely geared towards kids. Think of it Think of it through a kid's eyes. Yeah, it, it would, would be, be funny. It yeah. would be funny. Yeah. Um, the LA Times said... The yarn leans towards science fiction. I suppose we might call it semi-fantasy, but it isn't nearly as funny as The Absent-Minded Professor, which is true, or The Flubbers. Um, I do like The Absent-Minded Professor better. Yeah. The Chicago Tribune called it a kooky comedy of the type young people will enjoy thoroughly. Good-natured nonsense. That's probably the best review. I agree. I agree. It's definitely geared towards young people. Young people will enjoy it. It's funny, it's quirky, it's kooky. It's cute. It is cute. Um, and even though critics didn't seem to love it, it did do pretty well, not well, but it did okay at the box office for that time, over $4 million in North America, which actually even surprised Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made enough money to encourage the sequel next year, The Monkey's Uncle. All right, we'll have to see if what who's who's Stanley's uncle is that? <laughs> is it? He's not a monkey; he's a chimpanzee. That is true. So why are they calling it the monkey's uncle? I don't know. Maybe if Tommy Kirk comes back in that one, he has some things to say about it. Does he? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know if he comes back or not. Hmm. As you can see, though, my fun facts are real low. Oh boy, I I can't stand that. I'll go and look up trivia facts. Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. Um, so here's my two fun facts. The screen credit for writing reads screenplay by Tom and Helen August, which were pseudonyms for Alfred Lewis Levitt and Helen Levitt, two writers who were blacklisted. Interesting. Yeah. And then here's where this will make sense for you. This teenage comedy was originally made as a two-parter for the Disney television show, but it turned out so well that Walt decided it deserved to be released in theaters. And, as Meg said, it was, in fact, so popular that it did lead to a sequel. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, part one is about mind reading mm-hmm. and part two is about hypnotism. Yeah. You can, I mean, there's you clearly a, a divide. Clear, yeah, clear division. Um, it did honestly cause me confusion because normally when you're watching a movie... You have a storyline that you're following, and then once it's resolved, that's the end of the movie. But that is not what happened with this movie. It was like that happened twice. Yes. So. And as you said, we stopped it like kind of right, like almost right at that spot unintentionally. Yeah. So when we started watching it again today, I was it like, wasn't okay. hard to pick up. Well, no, in in my in my opinion, it was like almost trying to remember what happened in the last episode of a TV show. Yeah, so it's like what what where did we break off again? Right. Oh, okay. It didn't feel like a movie. That's true, and it is probably because of how we watched it. Yeah. On top of that, but 
Um, okay, so characters. We have, obviously, Merlin Jones. So I was kind of hoping that we were going to get, like, Merlin back. <laughs> But we didn't. We got Tommy Kirk back instead, which is is okay. I honestly, I actually really like Tommy Kirk after like delving a little bit into his character and like learning his struggles as an actor and even with Disney, like because he is gay, I believe. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I like him and I appreciate when he's in movies now. And I like that. I think he's a good actor. It's it's interesting to me. He does a really good job at a lot of different types of roles because, like, yeah. he definitely could have been somebody who was typecast as, like, I think, honestly, a lot of the, the Disney actors and actresses were probably typecast. Yeah, I agree. But this was a pretty different role, I feel, from some of the other things that he has done was he an absent-minded professor though he was wasn't he i think he was so that was kind of similar to this which was interesting but he was also in like old yeller Mm -hmm. so um but yeah i liked him but merlin he is a college student so it was kind of funny because we got like a huge age jump with tommy kirk because i feel like the last time we saw him he still looked like a young child but now i was like oh he's like a young adult I will say they put too much makeup on his face so that, like, it made him look even older because everyone has creases in their forehead just because Mm -hmm. of expression, but his creases would get stuck because there was makeup on his face and it made him look probably 10 years older than he actually was. Yeah, no, actually, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Annette had a lot of makeup on, too. I'm sure she did. It just didn't, her face didn't. I, maybe she's not as expressive as Tommy Kirk is because I didn't notice as much. He is yeah. very expressive. Yeah, his face is. is always like making some moving and yeah. yeah. Um, but Merlin is, I think he's a really cool character. He is definitely quite ambitious. Mm-hmm. He's a Slytherin, but he's, anyway, he's a kooky Slytherin. Yeah, for sure. He um is very intelligent. Maybe too intelligent for his own good, honestly. He is, like, far beyond most college kids. Yeah. Um, Just very invested in his work, very, very invested in his experiments, and even, like, his teacher was a little overwhelmed by him at times, you remember? Like, during yeah. the mind-reading part? Yeah. Um, And he... He kind of, he forms a really good friendship with the judge, I think. Yeah. Eventually. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's interesting because, like, him and Jennifer, Merlin and Jennifer, actually spend more time interacting with adults than people their own age. Yeah, you're right. The only interaction you see with them with people their own age is Norman, who's, like, this Ugh. stereotypical jock jerk yeah but that's literally the only student other student we run into yeah yeah but i liked him i think i think he's a slytherin oh my gosh our cats are freaking out (laughs) they Um, loved merlin jones yeah do you agree yeah i do uh jennifer who is played by annette funicello um she she's a cool character but she's definitely just like a side character it's like she's there in some moments and then she's not there and then she's there for the important moments 
she's interesting. What I liked about Merlin and Jennifer is, like, their relationship felt very established. It kind of yeah. reminded me... It felt like a real relationship, too. Yeah, it didn't feel like a college fling or anything like that. Like, they felt, they felt like they were settled and, like, they were very comfortable with each other. Yeah. And, like, ready to just go on with life with each other. I also really liked that Annette, in the in the beginning, Jennifer was definitely portrayed as, like, a pretty girl. And, um, like, oh, well, she wouldn't date Merlin Jones, you know, because he's, like, this nerd that's obsessed with science. And, mm-hmm. and I just loved that they were kind of, like, debunking that myth. Like, who cares what you're obsessed with? Yeah, he's a nerdy scientist. Who cares? Annette still loves him, like... I keep calling her just Annette, but it's Jennifer, (laughs) whatever. Um, But, and, like, she, like, stood up for that, too. She was like, no. Like, I I like Merlin. Yeah, Norman comes up to her and was like, I can give you. Also, he's just, like, a thug. Right. But he's like, you know, I can give you so much more, blah, blah, blah. First of all, he, like, Jennifer went to walk away and he grabbed her and pulled her back. Number one, hard no. Not two, okay with that. Two, he's like, what can what can he give you that I can't? And she was just like, we don't have the time. Yeah. Oh, burn! That was a good <laughs> comeback. I kind of feel like she's a Gryffindor. Yes. She always had those moments where, like, Merlin would, like, be in trouble and he wouldn't be speaking up for himself. And then she would just, boom, come out of nowhere and be like, that's not fair. Yeah. Such a Gryffindor thing. Yeah. Um, next is Judge Holmesby, or Lex Fortis, who is, which is his pen name. Mm-hmm. Um, so Judge Holmesby is the judge of that town. Merlin, unfortunately, finds himself in front of him way too often. A lot. Yeah. Um, and he kind of forges this, like, un conventional friendship with the judge after a while so like the judge and him don't get along at first because he thinks that it's unfair that he's not allowed to wear his big i don't even know what it is the metal headdress thing that he has on that ends up zapping him to make him read minds um he's not allowed to wear that when he's driving And he's mad at Judge Holmesby for deciding that and suspending his license. But then, like, as time goes on, he kind of realizes the the benefits of Merlin more so than the hindrances of Merlin. And they end up working together in that sense because Merlin is so smart that Judge Holmesby realizes that he actually can use him for things um, and to run experiments and whatnot. Plus, like, they kind of have this weird friendship forged to the fact that Merlin thought the judge was this big criminal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he can read thoughts. But he's actually hearing the judge think of new plots for these books that he writes under this pen name. Yeah. So nobody knows he writes these books. So he's literally thinking things like murder and crime and, like, all these things I've done. Bury the diamonds that I'm gonna steal under my rose bushes. (laughs) Right. Merlin and Jennifer go and dig up his whole rose garden. All of them. So. So then after that's all cleared up, you know, they kind of did form a friendship into the next part of the movie slash episode two. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Judge Holmesby. 
is a... I think he's a Ravenclaw. I like that. Yeah. I really liked the twist of him being this writer. Author. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that I too. it was really cool. That kind of makes me feel like... So he's like a judge, so he clearly has the smarts. But he's also creative, which is like so Ravenclaw to be wise and creative, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, he's Castle. Like, yeah, very <laughs> Castle. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that show. Um, um, I don't really know. The other ones are kind of just secondary, like the, the, the police other officer. Professor, yeah, and... the police captain, the detective. I mean, you know... Who's not on here? Stanley. Stanley, the chimpanzee. I was almost going to call him a monkey, but Merlin would have yelled at me through the computer screen. Not a monkey. Uh, he yeah, objects. Stanley. He objects. Uh, so Stanley is the chimp, and he's there for experiments? I guess. Which is really sad. Yeah. Here's Norman, who treats him so bad that the judge rolls against him, like, realizes that Merlin's right, because... Um, Stanley won't even let Norman pick him up. Right. Yeah, he's just like mean to the. He was gonna beat him with a broom. Yeah. That's terrible. Animal cruelty, guys. There's Not been a cool. lot of that talk lately. I know. Ugh. Ever since we came back. <laughs> Ugh, I just want to get out of it. I'm nervous. The next movie take seems me, to be about an animal. Me to Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> There's no animal cruelty for a boon, Raja. <laughs> um. All right. Our favorite parts of the movie? Hmm. My favorite character is actually Judge Holmesby. I like that. Um, He just, like, has a really good growth story. Like, you kind of see him as this, like, crotchety old man in the beginning. And you're like, oh, God, he's so annoying. He doesn't even want to listen to what Merlin has to say. And But then he ends up being really cool. And, and I like the little friendship that they forge. Yeah. And my favorite scene is probably whenever Merlin is getting hypnotized (laughs) and he, like, his teacher makes him um, drink water, but he tells him that it's whiskey and then he's acting drunk and then all of a sudden he tells him that actually it was just water and then he's fine again. It's just really cool to show, like, how it is all in your brain. Yeah. I like that. Um, my favorite character is probably a tie between Merlin and Judge Holmesby. Yeah. For the same reasons Meg said. And Merlin just because he's just like a cool kind of... He's a laid back dude, but he's super smart. And yet he finds himself in all these like weird circumstances. And it's the misadventures of his life. Yeah. In college. Um, favorite scene is when he hypnotized the cat. Because it's a cat. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was funny. He was like, <laughs> roar like a lion. Yeah. And, like, and then what did it chase? It chased a dog. Yeah, it was roaring the whole time. <laughs> it was so funny. That was funny. I actually forgot about that. Did you notice, because he hypnotized the cat and he hypnotized Stanley. And when, you know, he says, like, look into my eyes, like, your body's feeling heavy, your eyes are feeling heavy. And the animal's eyes would droop or whatever. But then, like, when their eyes would have to, like, be closed and then he would count one, two, three on the closed part because it's an animal and they're probably moving they literally just froze the frame oh really yeah i saw it on both of them so it'd just be a still frame of this animal <laughs> like a picture <laughs> i mean it works all right 
Um, least favorite character for sure is Norman. He's just a jerk. I, he's just, just a... the type of person that I do not want to be around ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite scene probably when he's about to hit Stanley with the broom. No animal cruelty in my life. Please. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. I think I have to agree. Norman is just a blackheaded butthead. And yeah, he's my least favorite too. He just looks like the type of person that I want to punch in the face. Oh yeah. Also, <laughs> so he gets like this experiment dropped on his head, this glass bottle or whatever. Oh so God. clearly it's going to hurt, right? He kind of, he gets knocked out or whatever. But then like he wears this obnoxious patch like okay i understand you need to put a bandage on your head but it looks like he like wadded up a million cotton balls and then put something on top of it and it's like taped horribly yeah also you can't just tape your hair i'm sorry dude you're gonna need to buzz it even shorter yeah tape it to your head i don't know man what's my least favorite scene though (sighs) i don't know i guess I guess anything. Like, I'm not even, I don't even like monkeys. Me and Meg are, both agree with that. I know, and I know we're in the minority. Everybody's like, but they're so cute. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're ugly. They look too much like us. It's too real. I'm not a fan. Like, I can appreciate how cool they are, but just I'm just not a fan. Yeah. I just want to look at cats. Maybe it's because Literally. they're, like, not furry enough. They aren't furry enough. Like their face needs to be and, like furry and whispery. And like I bet you their fate like their fur probably isn't soft. It probably feels like human hair. Yeah, no. No. No thank you. But anyway, so I'm not a big fan of monkeys, but I'm No big monkeys fan of, for you. I'm a big fan of animals, so anytime he was mistreated not treated well, I was not excited about. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. What did we take away from it? Um, hmm, that's interesting. I don't know. I know. Um, maybe that, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a lesson to learn as far as, like, I mean, I feel like Merlin was put on the stand a lot for things he didn't actually do. Mm -hmm. So maybe the fact that, like, truly you are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Like... I don't know. Don't, don't just like throw kids aside like you don't believe their stories all the time. Yeah. That's one of the most frustrating things in a lot of these movies, honestly, is whenever like the kids are talking to adults and they're telling them the truth and the adults just want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I can't stand that. It's one of the most frustrating things. It's like what Dumbledore says, like no matter um, how true a child's voice can be it's not very like no one's gonna believe it like in in prisoner of azkaban, yeah, prisoner of azkaban. like i he's like i believe you guys but like fudge is not gonna believe right three 13 year old kids right actually hermione was 14 when that happened you so. know you know but yeah, uh, I, yeah i don't like how anyone ever says you're too young or you're too old for something the younger generation, any of you who are listening, you have so much power. Don't ever let anyone say that you do not have a voice or a say or that you are too inexperienced because that's just a load of crud. You do you, little booze. Yeah, you do you. You want to make this world a better place? You can because the people who don't want to listen to you are the problem. Usually. Yeah. 
Almost always. I would say 95% of the time. <sighs> Hit right. me with that Disney memory. Ooh. I like it. All right. This memory comes from Kara Roman. Thanks, Kara. Thanks, Kara. Hi, ladies. My name is Kara, and I wanted to share my favorite Disney memory. When I was 25, my family took a vacation to Disney World. It was only my second time being there. I was six my first time. So that's a, whew, that's a gap. <laughs> we went in October, and my parents got us all tickets to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. The best time to go. Oh, my God. It's my favorite thing. There were nine of us total, and we needed a costume as a family. We decided to be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. My sister made us all iron-on shirts with our characters... And our niece wore her Snow White costume. That's adorable. My niece, who was seven at the time, was Snow White. My poor mom was stuck being the evil queen. And the rest of us were the seven dwarves. I was sleepy. While we were walking around, Snow White and the seven dwarves walked by. That's right, because you can meet them then. Mm -hmm. I guess they were coming or going to break, and they stopped to take a picture with us. It was such a magical moment. I have attached the picture below. I love your podcast, and I'm looking forward to all the upcoming movies. Keep up the great work. Take care, Kara. That's so cute. That is adorable. That's so cute. First of all, I want to stress how insanely lucky you are. Yeah, people wait hours to get a picture with the dwarves people all together. Wait, okay, so for anyone who is not familiar, I don't think they would do that now. No. For anyone who's <laughs> not familiar, Mickey's not so scary and the Christmas party, there are certain um character meet and greets that only happen during those parties. So for Halloween, they have Jack and Sally. They also have Jack as Santa Jack for Christmas mm-hmm. and Sally. Um, for Halloween, also, they have Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which you cannot meet them like that any other way. Nope. Except at those parties. Correct. Yeah. So, the fact that, like... People will literally get to the park at 4 o'clock when yes. the ticket lets you in and get in line for the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. And the party doesn't start until 7. Yeah. We That's did that three for hours. Jack one time. Three hours they wait. And you're probably already 40 minutes back in the line. Yeah. Because that happened to us. Yeah. So the fact that they were just, like, walking, and then they saw you guys, and That's were epic. like, we have to take a picture of them, which is pretty sweet, because we had a um, we had a situation like that, too, because me and Meg, um, we had these Tigger and Eeyore costumes that we made for Mickey's Not-So-Scary, and then we wanted to update them for another Mickey's Not-So-Scary, so we made our costumes as Tigger in his pirate costume, like he is it. Uh, Magic Kingdom and Eeyore as a clown right yep so we were dressed as the characters in their costumes and we're like we gotta meet them so we waited like just too long and we go up and they're like yeah the lines cut off and we were like are you kidding me like this was our whole thing all night we needed to meet them but magical moment we ended up getting to meet them anyway because another cast member was like you guys have to meet them of course <laughs> and they were so excited so that's super cool yeah. and i love how they're all like in their colors yeah that's so, so cute. cute so thank you Kara, for sharing that is so sweet and if you listeners grown-up kids would like to share your disney memory just email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com it could be absolutely anything disney related so send it in and we'll be sure to feature it on the show also, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you hit that little subscribe button so you can be sure to get a notification whenever we post a new episode, which is every Sunday. Every Sunday. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and also have a group on Facebook, Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast group, where we chit chat about the episodes and about anything Disney. 
Instagram is at Grown Up Kids Pod, and we will be relaunching our Patreon soon. So be on the lookout for more information. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch a Tiger Walks ahead of next week's episode. I hope we can find it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.